Did you grow up as a rule follower, a people pleaser, a good girl? What happens when you throw out the rule book and start to live by your rules? Here's a hint, something incredible. Today, I had the pleasure of chatting it up with the queen of doing things her way. So grab a glass of champagne, put your feet up, and get ready to be inspired. We are going to burn some things in this episode, starting with your self-limiting beliefs. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. We are back with another episode of the Happy Even After podcast, and I have such a treat for you. I am so, so, so excited to introduce you to my next guest. Kara Alwell is known for her popular blog called The Champagne Diet, which turned into nine best-selling books, which blows my mind, including the worldwide sensation Girl Code, which I have sitting right here. It's all like bent back and tabbed. She is the host of a top-rated podcast called Style Your Mind with over 7 million downloads, and that's crazy, which has received high praise from media outlets like Forbes. She has a successful coaching practice where she helps other women entrepreneurs hone their unique voice and become leaders in their industry. She's been featured in Forbes, Success, Entrepreneur, Inc., like all of the major media news outlets and is a highly sought after speaker. And we have her here today and I'm so pumped and we're going to get into all kinds of fun conversations about divorce and burning the rule book. So welcome. Hi, Renee. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm pumped to have you. And I actually wanted to ask you to come on probably like a year ago, but I knew that at that point, your divorce was really, really fresh. So I said, you know what? Like it's not, now's not the right time because I think that people need space in order to be able to talk about it in kind of an uninhibited way. So how far post-divorce are you now? Almost two years, which is so crazy. I got, well, I separated, you know, how long divorce actually takes, but yeah. I decided to get divorced and he moved out in January of 2020. So the fact that it's been almost two years just blows my mind because time just goes by so quickly. And then we, you know, it was during the whole first year of that was during the pandemic, which was even more intense. But yeah, it's been two years. So were you in stuck in the quarantine, like at the the beginning, just, I mean, that must have been really fresh, right? Because he moved out and then it's like, hey, we're stuck in our houses and apartments and condos and all of that. Like what, what was that like? Oh my God. It was insane. I mean, and also I turned 40 in the middle of that. I turned 40 in (laughs) April of 2020. So it was like divorce, quarantine, turning 40, living alone for the first time in 10 years was really tough. And I didn't have the distractions like going out with my friends or like going out on dates, like everything just came to a screeching halt. So it was a really weird time. But in retrospect, weirdly enough, now I can say that I'm grateful for it because it was truly like throwing me into the fire. It's like, you've Mm -hmm. got to figure this out and live with yourself and, you know, handle everything alone and kind of work through all your shit. Like now, (laughs) like you can't put this off, you know, it's going to, it's happening now. 
Which is funny because so many people try to quick fix their feelings and they try to put a Band-Aid over their pain and you couldn't do that because you couldn't go anywhere. So like, can you talk me through some of the struggles during that, that time? It was so challenging. I mean, I can't even begin to like think about everything. So first and foremost, we were dealing with global pandemic. So it was the anxiety and the fear around that. Uh, my mom has a severe lung disease. So everything was scarier because I was trying to keep her safe. You know, we were all trying to figure out who we could see, who we could not see. So I was really, truly in this like bubble. Then on top of it, I was just kind of navigating through all my feelings and running a business at the same time where my business is all about personal development and, you know, self-awareness and processing everything and, and teaching women how to live their best lives. And here I was with my life completely falling apart. So it was really interesting. I kind of had to I mean, I had to scratch everything I had planned for my business. You know, I had just launched this membership. I had 500 women in this online membership. And I thought we were going to talk about business and branding and all this fun stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, it was like triage. Like I was getting on these calls and people were crying and having breakdowns. And I was like wiping my tears from having my breakdown five minutes before I went live with them. So it was a lot of um, just kind of like figuring everything out at once with really no help because I, I didn't have a therapist or a coach at that point because... There was, it was so difficult to even find anyone. Yeah. So dealing with that, having so many nights where I just cried myself to sleep, second guessing myself, that was a big thing that came up. Like, did I make the wrong decision? Should I have just stayed in this marriage? Like, maybe I should have worked on it more. Like, all the regrets and the fear of the regrets, they weren't actual regrets. It was just fear was bubbling up for me. And that was really difficult. And it, like, I never asked for help. I never reached out to anyone, but I actually did reach out to my family a lot. And I was like, you guys need to help me. Like, I just, you know, I have to come over or I have to be around you, you know, when it was safe to do so, my brother and my sister-in-law. So that was interesting because I saw a side of myself that I hadn't really seen before, you know, like actually stepping out and asking for help was new to me. Mm. Oh God, there's so much that you just said that I want to unpack there. And I don't even know where to start with that. So let's start with the questioning and the wondering if you made the right decision. How did you reconcile that what you did was actually what you had to do and what was living in your heart and it was the right thing for you with the fear in your mind saying, oh my God, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life? I had to continuously revisit my why and the reason why I felt that that relationship was completed. You know, I have a client and she phrases it best like when relationships end, it's not that it fell apart or it's a breakup, it's a completion of a cycle. So I had to really remind myself that the cycle had been completed and it was really completed, I think, a couple years prior to when I made the decision. Because yeah. I started talking about, like I'm sure many women can relate, started mentioning to him that I didn't feel like things were working probably in 2017 was the first time I said at the end of 2017. So I had like three years of kind of yeah. like, this coming up for me. So reminding myself of that, knowing it wasn't a rash decision and it was something that I came to over time was like comforting to me and reminded me that it was the right choice. How long were you guys married? 10 years. You know, I just wonder if the trend is because I'm in my forties too. And I wonder if like you get to a certain point in your life and you're getting to your late thirties and facing early forties and maybe even in your forties and you realize like, wait a second, like now I'm looking at, okay, I've lived half of my life. I want something different or there must be more. Do you think that our age has something to do with that? I think so because I knew I was turning 40 in 2020 and I knew, and I said that to him, I said, you know, I really can't go into another decade of my life yeah. feeling this way, feeling like I'm not getting what I deserve. So age for sure, 
you know, played into it knowing like, I think you get bolder as you get older, that right. Yeah. But like you do, you know, you get bolder, yeah. you get wiser, like you've been through stuff and you're kind of like, all right, I've, I, I know I trust myself more. So I think in the intu- intuition to know what was right for me kind of like, you know, came into play much more than it ever had before. Did shame ever come into your decision-making process? No, it didn't. Believe it or not, it didn't. I never felt like I was like going to be looked at differently because I was divorced or anything like that. I was like, no, I actually felt really empowered about the whole thing. Oh, talk a little bit more about that. You know, I, I think I felt really out of alignment for a long time staying married because everything that I talk about and write about and coach about and preach about is about living authentically. And living in alignment with who you are and what you want and not being afraid to make hard decisions and trusting yourself and doing things that may not always feel easy. And here I was holding back on this one major thing that I knew I needed to do. So I knew that I was going through it for a reason. And I knew that I was going to be able to speak about it and inspire other women to do what was right for them. And it really wasn't until recently, I'd say within the past like two months that I even started talking about it. So I had to process for like you know, a year and a half basically. But I think everything I do, like I'm at the point in my life where I understand like everything's happening for me, not to me. It's all happening for a reason. It's teachable. It's something that I'm learning. Even if I don't incorporate it into my business, it's still something that I can take and it can become a growth opportunity for me. So I really lean into that feeling rather than shame because I think shame really doesn't get us anywhere. It's not doesn't serve us. Shame is usually about other people too, right? Like what will they think of me? Will I look bad? Will people talk about me? And I'm just at the point in my life where I just don't even have time for that anymore. It's like, I can't, there's just too much to do and worry, you know? I mean, that's liberating too, right? You don't care. Like you don't yeah. care what you say. It's, it's the it's yeah. the start of like kind of just being unfiltered about what comes out of your mouth and the decisions that you make. And there's something beautiful to that. Yeah. Especially since it's not hurting anyone. You know, I think like there's no point in having shame around something if it's a decision that you make for you and it's really not hurting anybody else around you. Like what, how people view you and process your decision, especially if they're removed from it and they're not even involved. So that's something else that I kind of always remind myself. Now, so on the other side of divorce, right before we hopped on here, I said you have had like a major glow, uh, divorce glow up. Like you, you have, you are just shining and glowing and everything that you're putting out there, like you can see that you're so happy. So can you talk about that a little bit on what it looks like? So you went from the, the quarantine time, you're entering your 40s, you're like, hey fam, I need help to the point where you are just shining. Like how long did that take and what did that feel and look like? Thank you for saying that. It was a process for sure. It took time. There was a lot of moments where I still, I mean, even as recently as this year, my birthday this year, I felt really depressed, you know, and not because I was turning 41, but because I felt like, I felt alone. You know, I hadn't been alone on my birthday in a long time. Even though my marriage was imperfect, I still had someone there. I felt like I never got to have the big 40th birthday party, you know, so I feel sad. So I definitely had moments and ups and downs, but I would say it was probably around this spring and summer that I started to feel like myself again. And again, I don't know what that would have looked like if we didn't have COVID happening, right? If there, we weren't in the middle of this like massive like life upheaval. I think just like realizing like, you know, life is short and now I'm really getting to do everything that I want to do for myself and just kind of making the most of it. And even like knowing that those moments of loneliness will pass, that really helped me a lot. I think stay in a good place and just continuing to fill my life with things that make me happy. That is like the best advice I can give anyone who's going through it right now or thinking about going through it. Like 
just do what's going to make you happy. Whether that's like dyeing your hair pink, which I did again. I've, start, I've been dyeing my hair pink for years. But like, that was one of the things I did like during the lockdown. I bought like, I ordered online like a pink conditioner and I was like, I need pink hair again. This makes me feel like me, you know? Yeah. I started working on like my vintage line and really growing that brand again and really pouring myself into my creative outlets. So that I think definitely kind of impacted the way that I showed up and the way that I felt. And I think people could really see that in me. You know, I think when we, we put so much of our efforts into a relationship and we think that my marriage has to make me happy or my next relationship has to make me happy, but ultimately that's not true. Those are just like additions to our happiness, right? They can definitely take away our happiness at times if it's, yeah. if it's not in alignment with who we are, but like ultimately we're responsible. So just really pouring myself into everything that made me feel good. All right. So Kara, one of the things that when you and I work together, so for everyone who's listening at one point, Kara was my coach and she was the very beginning. Like I had just embarked on sort of my journey in the digital space. And you said something to me because we were talking and I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to do things like a certain way. And I'm supposed to like, um, and I was stuck with this. I'm supposed to do it a certain way. And you said to me like, burn the rule book. Like why you don't have to do it anyway, except for the way that you want. And so that you mean that in the for entrepreneurs and business owners, but I just wonder how you feel about that in terms of making decisions in your personal life too. Oh, it's so true. You know, like I have so many clients say to me, well, you know, should I do this? Because I didn't do this yet, or I haven't done that first. Or it's like, where where is, does it say that in the handbook of life? Does it say that yeah. you can't dye your hair pink at 40 or you can't like drop everything and move to another city? Like there's just so many like weird rules. And I think that that don't even really exist, but they're almost like we kind of respond to these expectations that we think people have about us. And number one, most of the time people don't even have that, those expectations. It's in our head, right? We think we're going to disappoint someone and they're like, I never said that you, that would be disappointing to me, but we feel that way. And I think realizing that even if we do disappoint someone, that's really their own issue to deal with. If somebody feels some kind of way about a decision we make in our life, like ultimately, again, if it's not directly impacting them, we're really not, that's not ours to carry. Right. So I think ultimately thinking like, you know, do I want to get to the end of my life and feel like I did everything that I wanted to do? There's a study that came out from a nurse who dealt with hospice patients. I think it was in Australia. I wrote about this in my book, Real is Fabulous. And she basically, you know, was looking you know, around all these people who were at the end of their lives and she decided to start talking to them. And she asked them like, what is the one regret that you have, you know, at the end of your life? And every single person said their regret was that they didn't live a life that was true to them. They felt like they lived their life for someone else. And I just remember like reading that and thinking, it's like probably 10 years ago, I first read about this. That's so sad. Like, I don't ever want to be that person, you know? So I think if you're struggling, you're listening to this and you're feeling you know, stuck in that cycle, because it really is a cycle of feeling stuck. Look at people who are doing it. That's always inspiring to me. Like just surrounding myself with, I'm always drawn to women who are bold and eccentric and cool and just effortless about what they want to do. And I'm like, well, obviously I'm attracted to that because that's what I want to be. Right. So look for evidence of people who are doing it. If you feel like you can't do it, look around. Like it's just a choice. Do you believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you are worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word BELIEVE 
to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. So what do you say though, when someone says, yeah, but I'm not that person. Like I'm not bold like that. Like I'm afraid. I'm just not like, I have this fear. Like what if I start the business and it fails? What if I leave the marriage and I'm alone for the rest of my life? What if I move across country and I don't have any friends? Like, what do you say to that person? You create your reality. So whatever you believe is going to happen is going to happen. You can believe you're going to fail. You can believe you're going to be successful. You will manifest that outcome. So the first step is really believing in what you want to create. And once you believe it, you start to take actions consciously and subconsciously to move towards that reality. So if you constantly sit around saying, my marriage is going to fail or you know, I'm going to be alone forever, that's what's going to happen in your life, whether you realize it or you want it or you don't, right? So it's up to us to kind of take control and take ownership and really be accountable for the way that we show up. And it doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly. It doesn't mean every business we launch is going to be perfect. But if you don't do that, what are you risking? What are you giving up? You know, and that's always my question. Whenever I'm about to make a really big decision that I'm kind of, you know, torn on, and I'm never torn because I don't know what I want to do. I'm torn because I'm listening to people around me. What will my life look like if I don't fulfill this goal? And am I okay with that? Am I okay with not becoming the version of myself that I need to be to make this happen and who I will become as a result of that? And then I know what to do. Do you typically make really quick decisions and act fast? Or do you like sit and contemplate and like ponder? I've gotten better at not acting so fast, but I always know. Like I always know, and then I'll kind of sleep on it or I'll give it a couple of days. And I know if it keeps coming up for me, which it always does, my intuition never is wrong. Then I take action. I also don't believe that there are wrong decisions. You know, I think everything that we do is part of our story and every single move we make, even if it doesn't go as planned, is there to teach us something. And if you can view your life in that way, you realize that everything's happening perfectly. It's all unfolding exactly as it should. You can't mess it up. Even the hard stuff, even like yeah. the the worst stuff, the lonely stuff, like all of the, the stuff that keeps you up at night. Those are the biggest teachers, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. So what rules have you thrown out of your rule book? It's a good one. What rules have I thrown out? I mean, I never really subscribed to that many rules to begin with. <laughs> But I think like, you know, the biggest one for me was quitting my full-time job. I worked for MTV for a number of years and I was on the path to, you know, as a director, I had like 20 reports at a big office, you know, making a six-figure salary, all that. And I was also building my business on the side that entire time. And I had just gotten married actually when I, you know, well, I started MTV in 2006. I got married in 2011 and then I grew my brand from there. And it was just all sort of, my life was kind of going down this road. And the decision to leave MTV was major for me. And I had everyone in my ear telling me that it was not the right move. Like if you said to someone who was making six figures in a corporate job, like, oh, you should quit your job and go like, like, you know, pursue something called the champagne diet. They'd be like, what? Like, (laughs) and I'll never forget. I had um, this very well-meaning person. I won't say who it was, not, (laughs) not a family member, like a business, you know, someone who did business for me, something that was helping me with my business say, when I quit <laughs> MTV, he said, um, you should get a part-time job, you know, just so you have money to get your nails done. You know, you don't want to be broke. Like, you want to make sure that you have like, you know, money to get your nails done. And I was like, wow, this is what this person thinks. You know, they think that I'm going to 
So we hear a lot of that, you know? So for me, breaking that, you know, rule around what I could do and that I didn't have to stay in a corporate job was a major, major lesson for me. And I think then again, walking away from my marriage, you know, like even though I knew I wanted to do it, I had full support of my friends and family. It wasn't like anyone was telling me not to do it, but it's scary, right? Like starting over at 40 is scary. So can I start over? Can I fall in love again? Who will I be in my next relationship? Like, what will that look like? And so that's just been an interesting journey as well. So I'm curious, um, now that you brought that up in terms of going into the next relationship, how I love your mug, by the way, it says rich bitch. Yes, that's so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Um, so have you found yourself showing up because you are in a relationship and you guys are like just so cute because you put out pictures and it's just really, it's so nice to see you so happy. Have you shown up as a different person in that relationship? Oh my God, totally different person. I mean, and I think it's also because he's a different type of guy. You know, I attracted a very different type of healthy, emotionally available partner in John, you know? And we've been together now since the spring and it's just, I've noticed such a change in myself. I feel like I actually have been able to master showing up as a really good partner and also honoring myself and who I am and what I need. And that's hard. You know, it's really easy to get enmeshed in someone else or just to be total ice queen, independent bitch. Like I always was before, right? Like I don't need anyone. So I think that I've really been able to kind of, and I'm, I mean, it's still a process. Like we, it's so funny because we talk about our relationship all the time, you know, and it's like every weekend we have these like heart to hearts and he's like, I love just talking about us and like our growth (laughs) and who we are. And I'm like, that's what you get when you, you know, are with a life coach. (laughs) He's so self-aware. And I think I never attracted self-aware people before, you know, it was like complete opposite. So yeah, for sure. I'm a different person now, but I think he's brought that out of me. And I think it's who I always was. I just wasn't in a place to really create that for myself. I always say, so my first husband is a really good man, but he wasn't like, he didn't bring out the best in me because like, I think that had I still stayed with him and if I was still married, like I would not be who I am today. I wouldn't be doing the work that I do. I wouldn't be having the conversations. I would like, it would have been stunted because of that. And I think that's a good point is like, just because you're with someone and they might be a good person, it doesn't mean that they're the right person who's going to encourage you and support you to grow and glow and, you know, really pursue your individuality and development and someone else can fit that bill. And it doesn't mean that that first person isn't like, isn't a good human. It's just not the right human for you. Totally. I I mean, my ex and I are good friends, you know, like he helps me edit my podcast. Like we, you know, we have each other's backs and I think we always will. He's an amazing person, but the relationship just ran its course. And he was very supportive of me. You know, he was there from the beginning, really. But at the end of the day, just like it wasn't the full package, you know, it wasn't everything I needed. So I had to have the courage to walk out there and find everything that I needed, you know, and so far I feel like I have. And I think, I think, like I said, the biggest thing is just really being with somebody who's willing to do the work with you on themselves and on the relationship. You know, Star, we both know Star Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Star, who I love. I actually started working with her in the beginning of this year. And she coached me for six months. And this was all the work that I did because I had never done any work on relationships. Like I was always focused on my business and my own growth. I had a personal trainer, a business coach, all the things, but never a relationship coach. And she said something to me that was so brilliant. She's like, there's three parties in every relationship. There's you, your partner, and the relationship. You know, the relationship is a thing all in and of itself. And that just blew my mind, you know? And I think... Being with somebody who gets that, I, I shared that with 
John, you know, and he's like, yeah, that's so true. So we talk about the health of the relationship a lot, you know, and how can we make sure we're honoring it and nurturing it? It's just like, it's amazing. And there are men out there like that. I think a lot of women, that doesn't exist and guys are all this and guys are all that. Those are all limiting beliefs that you really have to work to get over before you can actually find someone who is willing to be what you need. Yeah. It, my husband's the exact. So husband number three, it took me two guys. It took me two to find the third one who is exactly that person. And I knew like, that's that. Is it a perfect relationship? Of course not. Cause it doesn't exist, but it is a, such a healthy one. And we do kind of the same thing. In fact, he's probably the one who's like, Hey babe, let's talk about our relationship <laughs> You know, more than me kind of checks me sometime. But I think also it's like a gift to the other person when you release them and set them free and say, okay, now it's time for you to go find that person who is that to you. And you know, that's what you did for your ex. So. Oh, that's totally how I feel. I know like he's thriving right now, yeah. you know, and that makes me happy. That's how yeah. I know that like it was time to move on because there was no selfishness. I didn't want to hang on to it. Like I genuinely want to see him happy and he is. And that makes me feel really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Kara, what's next for you? You have so much going on and I want, like, I don't want to finish this without talking about your book. So let's actually start there first. And your, I picked up Girl Code. That was the first book that I ever picked up that you wrote. Um, It is amazing. Anyone who's listening really should take that. I mean, it's so, you read it and you do like put it down and you're like, yes, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. So can you talk about some of your other books too? Yeah. So um, Girl Code was my fourth book I wrote. And that book kind of like put me on the map. I don't know how or why it took off, but it did. It really kind of like went viral. Um, and then I did a few more books after that. I, I think a really good book for anyone to read right now who's feeling like she's stepping into that next level version of herself shedding a relationship, shedding all that stuff would be like she owns the place. Um, I don't know if you read that one. It's my hair's yep. cover. Yep. It talks a lot about women, especially as we age and grow and aging gracefully and just really owning who you are. And then Girl on Fire is my latest book. And that came out two years ago, this month, actually November 11th, it came out. And that book, I mean, that's all about choosing yourself. It's really just about you know, especially when it comes to business and projects and ideas and kind of not waiting to be validated or chosen by anyone. You know, my journey with publishing is interesting. I was rejected at first by all these publishers, self-published, you know, Girl Code then was my fourth book. It blew up. And then I got a book deal. I got a double book deal from Penguin Random House. And I hated the process of working with the publisher. It was like the thing I wanted so bad. Yeah. Then I went back out and self-published Girl on Fire. So there's like so much, no pun intended, but like fire, you know, and energy behind that book because I really chose myself again, kind of came back to center and who I was. So I think that really comes through the pages. So if you're like really wanting to pursue something in your life and you need that push, I would definitely recommend that one. So speaking of burning the rule book, it was like the rule book for writers is that if you get the agent, you get the publishing deal, that's what you do. And you're like, you know what? I did it. I don't want it. And like (laughs) you lit the damn flame to that whole theory that in order to be an author, you have to go down that road. So I love that story so much. Thank you. Where do we find you online? Okay. So my podcast is called Style Your Mind. Um, You can binge on that. I've got like over 300 episodes, I think at this point. crazy. Uh, all my books are on Amazon. So you can just search my name, Carol Allwell on Amazon. And then I'm on Instagram at The Champagne Diet. And of course, I'll put all of the links for everything in there. So final question then is, what is next for you in 2022? What exciting things do you have coming up? So I'm going to be doing another round of Iconic, which is a personal branding live workshop that I do virtual, but it's live. 
definitely f- focusing on that, uh, helping women really just like, you know, step into their power and create their best personal brands. And my boutique, I'm looking for a space here in Manhattan to, uh, you know, I have a boutique, I have got vintage clothes, I do custom stuff. And it's just like, it's literally the champagne diet personified. So it's everything, you know, it's like the style, like all the things you can wear to really feel like your best. So I've done some pop-ups and I had a little space in Brooklyn a while back, but now I'm looking for a home in the city. So hopefully you will see that. Yeah. So I have some of your pieces. I am dying to like go in person and actually shop. So you have to follow her for that too. Even if like you're not a a business owner, entrepreneur, like go check out the merchandise because it's awesome. So good. Thank you. Thank you, Kara, so much. This was such a pleasure. Such an honor. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for listening. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. Oh.